Before I interview tonight's guest, I wanted to let you know that in a previous interview, I had come to a realization that was quite new to me, um, that I came to the realization that I was afraid of programming technology interviews. Um, and part of the reason that I haven't gone off to do one in 10 years is because of that fear. But I'm a trained ed educator. I've got a bachelor in education. And if there's one thing that I should know how to do, it's how to learn things and how to teach things. Um, I've started a GitHub repo. Uh, I call it coding interview practice. I'll rename it at some point because it's it's gone through a pivot. Originally, I was just deciding to practice on my own for a coding interview to see that I could get to the to this sort of level and shape that I need to be to be of that quality. And as an engineer, that I'm probably okay as a person most times, but um, as an engineer. Uh, and I started thinking that it would be a lot of fun if I could bring a few of my friends along and start working with them towards a goal of professional self-improvement and just learning these things that if we ever did, maybe you're super happy in the role that you're in right now, but if we ever did decide, if you ever do decide that you want to take that step into the next level, you want to be in good shape from a code interview perspective. This is, a, is and so, in that repo that I mentioned a few seconds ago, moments ago, um, I am planning or in currently in process of building a work, a, a course, a course outline that we can follow and use it to study to get ourselves into the level of shape where we think we could pass virtually any coding interview, virtually any. Um, the guides are already out there, the timelines, it's probably gonna be about a 14 or 15 week course when we're all done. I'm gonna be live streaming um, weekly sessions at Tuesday from seven to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That'll be on Twitch and possibly on YouTube. Um, there will be some details are still being sorted out. Um, but if you have interest in training for your next interview or just to become a better engineer, an engineer of the quality that would work at a Google or an Amazon or a Netflix, anything, anything that would require a 10X engineer. Well, why not come along to that and give it a try, join us. You can also, we will, I will record the videos, I'll post them up. And so if you don't want to come along to live sessions, you should be able to follow along asynchronously uh, at your own pace. You might want to do it in 20 weeks. Who knows? You might want to do it twice. There's no cost for it. I'm going to release everything that I can under the MIT license. So you are welcome to do what you will with it. But I'm doing this for myself and I hope in producing these materials that I'm also doing it for you. With that said, I have 
the incredible pleasure this evening of talking with my very good friend, Mark Ando. Um, he tells us the story of how he kind of cruised into computers right from the start. He never found himself questioning or wondering where he was going to go. He just knew it was computers from the first time that he saw Super Mario go. Um, he talks about some really interesting experiences that we had, uh, that he had after I left the company we were at together, where he built a system to handle hundreds of millions of web requests a day in sub two millisecond times. He was bidding on uh, fraction, fractional, fractional, fractional pennies of web traffic and turning a profit. Um, uh, so it's just an incredible story of working at scale. We also talk about how when we moved into the next place that he didn't have to worry as much about scale in terms of engineering complexity, but more scale in terms of what is the best thing we can do for the business. And so it is more, far more about working for enterprise, seems to be about building for the budget you have, for the timeline you have, and for the constraints of working in a much larger team and a much, um, much more cross-disciplinary team. Um, it's a wonderful chat. We talk about so many things. It goes on for uh, a good amount of time. And I just think, I just think this is, uh, I think this is the best one yet. And I hope you enjoy it as much as both Mark and I did. Thank you. Here we go. Here's Mark. Hey, how's it going? How are you doing? I'm always great. So right off the bat, you read the interview prep, correct? No, what? <laughs> you sent me That's okay. I just I want to make sure that I remind you right off the start that the, it is an interview that we're posting a public. This is a public conversation and stuff, and that we're effectively we're going to ask you about your career and how you've gotten to where you are and all of that. Uh -huh. So I just want to make sure that you are the I'm first. I'm not time. seeing any notice of this. You <laughs> are a dirty liar. Uh, I, I think I'm a dirty liar that I forgot to send it. Um, <laughs> anyways, it's okay. You're, you're sounding stuff. So um, before we start, yeah. I want to make sure we capture a YouTube clickbait thumbnail. So like, can you make a, can you take your headphones off for a second? Give us a smile or something or wave or like, I have to take the headphones off. Well, right. yeah, I want your ears out of, out of Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you can put them back on now. That's good. Okay. All right. Howdy, howdy. That's good. All right. We uh, we have a thumbnail. Um, so. Let's let's begin with where your first memory of technology is. So, how old were you, and what what 
what was the first thing you really remember about computing and computers in general? Oh, that's easy. Uh, I was uh, at a buddy's place. Well, not a buddy, a uh, family friend. So I was like too young to know people yeah. at that point, but uh, they had a Nintendo and that was yeah. like the first big thing. You know, um, I don't remember the, I barely remember the, uh, the night, but we do have like family photos of me just being completely enthralled while looking right. at this like magic box. <laughs> yeah. So do you, and so you would, you wouldn't remember which actual game it was that you were playing no, it was, on. It that. was Super Mario. It was Super, it was the oh, super, okay. it was okay. a super Mario slash duck hunt combo. And no matter yeah. how badly I wanted it, I never got the light gun, but yeah. 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 Okay. And so you were into, into electronics. And so from there, uh, too young to know people you're probably between five and ten or whatever right and so do you yeah. remember when you when you first found computers ten. and <laughs> ten? no that's just i'm old enough to know people by then <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah i guess so i guess like so. less than five probably less than five yeah okay yeah that's fair i have a two i have a two-year-old and he's yeah. even he's starting to know people by now so um so when do when do computers themselves start? Oh, so um, that, not not very early on. Um, when uh, when I was a kid, I went to like this Japanese language school on yep. the weekends, and uh, I don't even know what model of computer it was. It was so long ago. It was um, it was plugged into one of those printers that like made that really irritating sound every time it was, and it was like the, it was the one with like the, the holes on the side that you had to yeah. rip off. Um, so they had a computer there and I had no idea that computers didn't run without software on a disc at that time. Right. So yeah. um, I just assumed that once I booted it on, I'd be able to see something. So I just messed around with it a bunch. Um, and then I, I kind of like, uh, I think I tried to learn how to just like learn commands on like, yeah, an ancient, uh, I don't know, uh, terminal. It's not yeah. even a DOS prompt, right? It's way before that. Um, yeah. And aside from that, like, uh, I don't know. I, uh, I had computers in school and, uh, you know, I took my first programming class before I even owned a computer myself. Okay. And uh, the thing is, like, it wasn't, it wasn't that when I was, by the time I was, you know, like, we're talking about grade nine when I first took my first computer course. And um yeah. You know, by then everyone had it. My family was actually late out the gate. We, okay. You know, we wouldn't invest in it just because we didn't see the value in it. Um, yeah. But you yeah. Know, that didn't Where are these computer value. things going to go? Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. 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 Um, so you're we've we've made it up to grade nine or so. You're taking your first programming courses. Yeah. At what at what point are you already in love with it, or oh, yeah. is this some? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, out the gate, I kind of knew that it was my thing. So like puzzles was always kind of uh, was kind of the thing that I always loved doing. Um, yeah, I, I always just like brain teasers and all that. So like right out the gate, like these just give us basic problems. Um, it was in it was a basic course, right? Yeah. And um, so you know I was just learning. You know back then it was just like uh, you only had like line go tos and functions. I didn't even like, yeah. comprehend what they were at the time. Um, yeah. But I still loved it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. I kind of knew in grade nine what I was going to do. And that basically you, since then, I'd, I'd just been always pushing towards that. Yeah. And so you, re, like in grade nine, you, you started programming and you said, 
oh man, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this. And so everything that you were doing on that path was you went, you started planning towards and building towards university for computer science. Essentially. Yeah. I kind of knew right from right out the gate. I mean, honestly, I I don't think I had any goals up until that point. And it wasn't really something, something that I need to worry about. Like, yeah, it was like, it was like that thing that had to, you know, uh, eventually at some point down the road, I'm going to have to decide what I want to do for the rest of my life. And it was way too early for me to make that decision in grade nine, but uh, yeah. it kind of found me. So yeah, it made life a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. And, and where did you go to school? Did you do anything interesting in that time before <laughs> school started or? No. What? No. <laughs> No, um, like, I mean, I was, you know, I have, I have Asian parents, school is life kind of situation. Um, I didn't really have to, I didn't have much to worry about. In fact, you know, uh, it, my, my biggest concerns were whether or not I got in trouble or like uh, kept up with all my other extracurriculars because like uh, my, my parents were pretty insistent on like music lessons and, and you know, shit yep. like that. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so let's let's move quickly right into university then um was this was this a a moment of like what were the things that you were learning uh that you think were notable that that somebody would find like how how did the how did technology open up to you when you when you got into that university space I don't really know how to answer that. Um, the thing okay. is, like, um, I my approach to everything back then was pretty much the same as it was in high school. Um, I was always kind of like, I, I excelled at programming from the start just because I, I guess I had that, like, kind of logic-minded, mm-hmm. you know, um, approach to everything. And I kind of used that. I kind of actually just coasted on those skills alone um that's why like uh you know my grades in other subjects like english were always like rock bottom kind of situation now i still right. managed to you know do the bare minimum to like not fail and to get into the class at school that i wanted but like at no point was i like top the class or anything it was just okay. it was always, technology for me it was just that thing that i would i knew i was going to do it and i knew that yeah. there was lots of unknowns so like uh, whether or not I'm not saying I knew everything about all the courses that I took at all. Right. I took, yeah. um, you know, I took a recursive class that was like based in schema and I took uh, a database class. That was my first time really understanding, how, you know, the, the nature of the relationships between tables and all that. Um, I took a bunch of other programming classes. Some of them were just more practical in nature. I've used none of that, none of those skills almost, except for like the recursive and database stuff. That's yeah. kind of why it still sticks with me. Um, yeah. And then I, uh, you know, but all the other classes, um, uh, I'm sure I gained some kind of skill. I just don't really know. Yeah, uh, it's always been. I've just always been building my skill set since I was like grade nine until I don't know today. Right. Oh, well, yeah, it is. It is ongoing. And yeah. uh, here we go. Okay, so if 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 we're there, let's move all the way straight into the first. So was there anything interesting in, did you have a thesis project or a fourth year project that was particularly uh, interesting or challenging? No, um, actually, I guess, uh, I guess one of my major um, 
one of the only projects that I really remember is uh, in my third year, I was in a graphics course. It was just one of the, it was one of the optional things that you could take as part of the curriculum. And I don't really know why this particular course was in that, was in that realm because, yeah. it, you know, I haven't used, I haven't needed graphical programming since. Um, and, um, and, but like, the thing is like, I, I got obsessed with creating this, this, um, I, I don't even remember what the engine was, but um, I created this, just this short clip. It was only in like maybe a minute and a half of just Indiana Jones running down a hallway, getting shot at by arrows and then uh, climbing this tower, picking up this idol and then running away from, uh, from a rolling boulder. And like, yeah. when I, got, when I had that project, I was like obsessed. Like I spent hours on it, just trying to get everything. And that was just cause I was like interested in it. And I thought it was cute and I thought it was fun. Right. Yeah. Um, and so was, was that you, you built that in pure code as if it was like the, um, you remember the demo scene back in the day where you would have these small executables that would like explode uh, into huge multimedia no, experiences. It, it wasn't really like that. It was more like, um, it was, it was a set trigger with like, you know, we had, um, uh, what were they called keyframes so like you yep. get to a certain point then you get to the next point then you get to the next point and everything else in between is just like loops and shit so yeah. um yeah it was uh basically what i did was you know i you have to record it and like again i can't remember all the tech that we used way back when because i haven't seen it since quite frankly but um i had to record the whole thing and then we had to uh, we had to you know, uh, translated to like just a, a video format that I could send along. So it, it ended up just being a, you know, a minute and a, a 90 second clip. Right. Uh, that I sent in an email along with like my first name. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. Now let's, let's talk about the first job hunt. Did you have something, um, right away lined up or did you do, were, were you in an internship program or? No. Um, so I told you about my approach to the classes and ultimately <laughs> that also resulted in like a relatively like kind of you know a, a bit of a, a a bad showing in terms of overall gpa so yeah. in terms of like trying to get um an actual uh, internship uh I, I i think i like i fronted more than i should just because like i faked too much and like yeah. people picked up on that bullshit right away um, yeah. so i wasn't able to get an internship at, in school and then uh, right out the gate, um, all, I guess all the, I wasn't even sure if I knew what I was doing in terms of trying to find a job. So like a lot of the jobs that I applied to were, you know, a minimum, so X number of years. Um, I remember uh, pushing for, a, <laughs> applying for a job that would like, that paid 90K and I had like no experience out the gate. And like, this is way back in the day when 90K was unheard of. Um, <laughs> well, I, re I remember how much I made when we first worked together yeah. in was it 2009 yeah and i think i was making somewhere between 55 and 60k okay at that time and so you could you definitely didn't get the 90k yeah cuz cuz there's no way that we were working shoulder to shoulder for a year no i didn't not and, get that job i you know that was yeah, me um, yeah. And like, uh, what, it, what, it, what, what it ended up being was that it, it became this huge slog where I couldn't actually find a job. I actually joined this one company, quote unquote, that like, um, you know, that tried to, that had this whole training program for 
uh, consultants that would they would ship out across the country. Okay. And um, I uh, I was signed up with them for a long time, and like the the tech that they showed me wasn't all that useful. Um, one of their tutorials probably was very useful. I just didn't I, I couldn't comprehend the the underlying um, I guess the points that they were trying to make. So um, as a result, that whole experience, all it really taught me was how to take interviews a little bit better. But ultimately, um, what ended up happening was at one point, I was actually supposed to get shipped out to, um, to Washington, um, uh, you know, West Coast. Okay. And, uh, and I didn't really know where, um, like, they didn't give me a city, like, it it, it was just talk back then, right? And then, uh, like, I was kind of, I was kind of freaking out a little bit because I didn't really know if this is where I wanted my life going. Yeah. And uh, by th- around that time, I actually got my first contract job. So that was actually what, what kind of got me through the door. Um, yeah. I worked, uh, I got this contract job with this uh, uh, one guy, his name was uh, John Marcella. And he, he gave me my first job and he was like, okay, but I really need you to be a part-time developer because uh you know i'm not taking someone on full time and then he was the one who was like okay you should you know set up your own business and that's kind of how i got into the contracting thing so before we started working together i was actually a contractor right and that was like um a lot of the uh i'd I'd been doing that for like three years and i was doing okay i was making enough to like get by yeah but so uh, if i think about this you were it was it must have been between 2007 and 2008 when this was going on then, yeah, right? essentially. Yeah. And so I just think if you were a <clears throat> computer science grad working in Washington in 2008, you would, you would have been scooped up by Amazon in, in no time. And you would have all of these bundles of stock options sitting on Okay. And, so I don't appreciate where this is going. <laughs> Like the realization isn't necessary. <laughs> Plus, the thing was, as a consultant, that was only stop one of stop right stop one hundred, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's not it's not just you know that's exactly where my path would have gone. It's yeah. a little upsetting now that I'm thinking about like possibilities. Oh well, let me tell you the story <laughs> of if I had bought Bitcoin when a guy who said, you know, oh. there's this story of a guy who gave two thousand or ten thousand bitcoin for a couple of pizzas so yeah. like you know there's plenty of things that could have gone other ways i don't <laughs> it's it's funny but it's not yeah it's, it's not, funny. <laughs> <laughs> not all that funny okay um so your your contract i should i i should warn that in terms of like because this is on on the internet we probably shouldn't name any more specific names you said that other guy's name and i'm yeah. probably gonna bleep it out but, okay sure but, um but i mean he, he and i actually still have an okay relationship um it was only like four years ago when i actually like invited him out to lunch and i was just like listen you know i, I thank you for a lot of the stuff that you did and a lot of the oh like, good the tutelage that i got from you so yeah you know i did have you know i, I mean it's true that i haven't really talked to him since but yeah i guess if you want to like you know at least leave out I, I'll, I can, I, yeah <laughs> i can i can leave that in i, I it's it's just i mean because we're about to talk about at some point we're about to talk about uh another type of place we were yeah i know working at I, I, yeah so it's fine I'll, yeah. I'll i'll be mindful of the name dropping uh moving forward 
Yeah. yeah. Um, so, th- I mean, but this is really interesting. So you, this is, you were before, um, before you got into a full-time role, yeah. you were doing sort of hourly freelance programmer stuff. Correct. And how long did that go on for? About three years, maybe two and a half. It was, okay. it was an interesting time. Um, I guess I was glad that, like, I think my biggest concern was whether or not I was getting paid in experience more than anything yeah. else. So, yeah. the, you know, through the contracting gig, I, I got my first, you know, um, it was primarily for Java um, for another company that will remain nameless. And then I got, an, uh, I got a PHP job out of that. And I got, you know, there, there was a lot of, uh, there was some SQL experience as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it actually kind of helped that I was just, um, I guess I was learning a bit more about how to at least operate, uh, independently because, um, yeah. I think I learned a lot of lessons back then. And a lot of yeah. that was lessons that I learned from the guy I was working with. He had a lot of hints about how to operate, you know, your own kind of consultancy and like You're... what to do, even at, even as far as like, you know, pricing and pay schedules concerned. Yeah. Cause this was and all so... beyond me but back then. Yeah, but of course, right? Because you're fresh out of school. Yeah. Nobody, nobody tells you how to run a consultancy right off right. the bat. Exactly. So, except for this, except for this guy John, who yeah. sort of gave you your your start. Um, what are some of the lessons that he taught you then that somebody watching this would really like? What are the highlights of things that they would really be interested in knowing if they mm. were going to start today? doing so, what you did i mean he 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 was mostly I, I think a lot of what i attribute to him is just like more business sense not so much programming um because we didn't really work on that many projects uh, side by side it was more of a he had one one project that he needed me to work on or he had he had maintenance tasks that he needed me to do so it, it wasn't um I'd, I'd say a lot i learned a lot more about just how to how to keep myself afloat than anything yep. else um if, if we're talking about that, um, one of the things is, you know, make sure you don't get all your money on the last day when you're supposed to deliver, just because some people are just going to screw you over and you can't really right. get around that. Um, he gave me an interesting pace ca- uh, schedule where he was like, you should probably try to, you know, push for a third up front, a third at a beta, and then the final third on delivery, right? Because even, right. even if you run out, you've already covered your cost plus, you've, you know, um, you know, you're not losing out on as much if they decide to be a jerk. Right. You know? So. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, and yeah, that's, that's exactly the kind of thing that somebody who's launching a consultancy fresh out of university would want to know yeah. is get, get the, get as much of the money as you can up front. You're going to um, get screwed over. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone perfectly chooses all of their, clients uh you know especially when you're you're fresh out and you're willing to take the more risky ones that are just like hey i need someone to do this and that. <laughs> yeah yeah okay and what did you what did you learn about pricing your time at that time uh not not as much so i probably should have learned to uh price myself a little bit more aggressively you know it's not so okay. much it's not so much about how much you're worth per hours. It's how much you're worth per hour since the last time you had a job. Um, yeah. So you have to cover the cost of everything in between. You have to make sure that you're, you know, uh, 
contractors to this day shouldn't be paying what they're worth per hour. They should be, you know, arguing for four to five times as much. Right. Um, I mean, I would say that for someone who has a lot of experience, if you're fresh out the gate, you know, maybe not that aggressive, but maybe you don't go four or five, <laughs> but maybe, you, maybe you go at least two yeah. because you don't, you don't know when the next job is going to exactly. be. Yeah. And okay. Um, and I remember, I remember once asking you because you were telling me the hour, I think you, you must've told me the hourly rate that you were getting as a contractor. Uh -huh. And I said, and I remember asking you why in the world, because we were at the time working side by side at this place. I said, why in the world would you move to full-time if you're getting that much? So why don't you talk about huh. what are some of the things that made you go, because you took a pay cut, if I recall. Oh, no. I don't think I was getting a pay cut. Um, I okay. was, I was uh, so per hourly, depending on the project, um, uh, the per hour basis that I gave to, uh, gave to my mentor was actually very reasonable. And that was just because I was like very grateful to actually have something to work on. And then certain projects I had, you know, would give me, uh, you know, I'd have a, a more aggressive, you know, something in the range of two times, but those were few and far between. So, right. In response to your question, there's actually, it kind of ties into how much I was getting paid at the time. So yes, um, I remember uh, during like my first interview with our, with that first company. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the questions that I was asked uh, was why, if I was doing so well, cause I, cause I actually had like a lot of projects under my belt by that point. Like I was name dropping yeah. the hell out of some places. Like I had a project that was with uh, Sesame street and, and you, better oh, wow. believe, you better believe that I threw it out there. Now it was such yeah. a minor thing that was just like, it was like this, uh, it was like this really crappy uh, side um, side application for one of their, you know, 200 shows. Right. Yeah. And it was for built for kids. And it was just like this little media viewer where they could like record, um, they could record the video and then post it. And like, there were only yeah. like five different options. So that with, you know, a thousand kids, you're getting 200 duplicates, right? But <laughs> it didn't matter. I named dropped the hell out of that project, yeah. right? including some other things. And so it was asked, you know, if I was doing so well, why, why would I want to move on? And I think, uh, well, the first one I gave was because I don't know how to sell myself, which is still true yeah. to this day. Um, and, you know, basically I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, working nine to five every day, uh, yeah. or even, you know, nine to nine, uh, off and on. Right. Uh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not selling myself and I'm not getting, you know, the number of contracts that I would need to even make myself profitable at that yeah. point, like, or just comfortably profitable. Yeah. And the uh, second reason that I gave, uh, was because, um, uh, I, I remember exactly what I said, which was, uh, I've met more people today than I have in the last six months, right? I'm yeah. working out of this, I'm working out of this basement. I'm lonely as hell. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm having fits of like, not actual depression, but I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah. you know, I can't, I can't just, I'm looking at my life. I'm like, Oh my God, I, you know, I didn't even, I didn't leave the house today what the hell? or this week. You know? Yeah. This doesn't make any sense. You know, yeah. I should be in my prime of life. I'm not. Uh, yeah. you know and uh i need to make a change and at this point i actually did have another job that was going to take up two to three days a week um yeah. based out of like uh i think it was um new market and yeah I, I went to visit uh it was these two guys who were running their own little um uh service up there and and they showed me 
and I showed up and they had me sign this NDA for like this platform that was all, honestly just kind of basic. <laughs> so I don't know what the NDA was for, but ultimately I signed it, you know, and they were showing me their application and then they showed me the room where I would be working in. And basically <laughs> it was like, you know, this closet with like a giant server, right? Sitting right behind where I was sitting. Yeah. I was just like, I'm not spending three, three days, uh, eight hours a day in this room. Yeah. You know, and and like um, basically, it, it was a race between when those guys sent me um, the uh, what is it the agreement, yeah, uh, for the hourly rate that I rated them, and uh, and our first job together, uh, right. sending me an offer because like as soon as I got that offer, I was just like forget those forget those other guys hostile with you know, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. So like, if you remember the uh, you remember the episodes of The Office where ryan was working in a closet surrounded by fax machines yeah. and printers and things sort of yeah, yeah. that's that's the vision of that career path right. i thought See, um, that's actually very similar but like the problem was that you know my co-workers were two you know fairly old men like they were 50s plus maybe yeah and it was just these two guys and i was just like oh my god even the office christmas parties are gonna suck and so. <laughs> and it was in Newmar, and it was in Newmarket, yeah. which for anybody who doesn't know the geography of Toronto, it's uh, like it's out there. It, and I was living in Oakville, so it was an hour commute. It was an hour commute in the morning. They're yeah, they're a, a very, I mean, relatively remote compared to what you did come to, which was in the heart of downtown, yeah, right in the entertainment district. So surrounded, a young guy surrounded by nightclubs and. The office was probably 20 to 40 people. When you first went, it was 40 people. Yeah. It was 40 people. Yeah. And they were all young and hip and cool. <laughs> um, and okay. The other, yeah, the other thing about name dropping on your resume yeah. is I'm doing that right now because I have a I have a I have a commit in in the Kubernetes repo. Oh, really? Nice. And it's what it's like one or two lines of documentation because I spent because I, I I as soon as I learned about Kubernetes for the first time I uh-huh. thought this is the coolest thing I could ever touch in my entire life right. and so I I went I like ran home I pop, 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 and I start checking out the Kubernetes repo and I'm working in um uh you know virtual machine i set up a virtual machine on or oracle virtual machine or whatever on my desktop and i'm running like a little kubernetes thing and i'm working step by step through the the how to get started guide and one of the steps is broken so i say oh well i'll just update that in github and i'll send that along and and you know cuz it would save it would save the next developer after me who's trying to start their journey with Kubernetes for the first time. It would save them like two days of Googling because this was weekend work. Right. And, you know, so I pushed that along. And now, like, for the rest of time, this is like NFTs for, like, <laughs> computer nerds. And for the rest of time, my name is attached to the Kubernetes repo. So I've got this line in my resume that says Kubernetes repo, and I can link directly to it and they can see my name. Now you've, you can't, you can't be like too 
stupid to go, oh, wait, he updated like a click here. So like right. it was just a it was a it was a key piece of information, but it was just like this one little line. I, I name dropped the hell out of that, man. Like, <laughs> you know, you're a Sesame Street programmer extraordinaire and I am, you know, I'm a contributor on the Kubernetes project. Um, so I don't think it let's see. So <laughs> we're in about 2008, 2009. Yeah. And I'm already, I think I'm already there. I, I yeah, don't know. Got, if you, uh, we got hired in the same stream of hiring. Okay. Uh, so hiring it was, we showed up yeah, this within was a, a couple of weeks of this, each other. This was about September uh, 20, uh, 2009. And we started on the same day, you and I. So you, oh, really? you and I and Alex all walked to, uh, uh, there was that one Mac store on, uh, on college in Spadina. And uh, yeah, we all picked it up, uh, picked up our computers the day of, because they hadn't, they hadn't uh, ordered them yet. <laughs> that's, that's pretty fun. Okay. Yeah. So I actually, I don't remember that. That's pretty cool. It was so, three of us. Maybe, maybe you weren't there because we had a lot of people starting the same day, but yeah. we were in the same pod um because we were all hired at the same roughly the same time and roughly know, alex, the same time alex was there as well so yeah yeah i i thought he joined a little after us but anyways really? um so what kinds of things were we doing at that time and what was what was that like so by this point i'd already had like a lot of php jobs um now i'm not saying that i didn't learn anything from uh, from that place but um, honestly, like everything that I'd learned up until that point was kind of self-taught. So I was comfortable in the PHP space, but I wasn't so comfortable that I could just code circles around everyone else. Uh, that, yeah. That's not the case. Um, I, I did learn a lot about like probably more appropriate code for, you know, a, you know, a publicly facing company. Yeah. Um, to the extent that it was, you know. Yeah. Cause we were, we were. I mean, this, to my memory, yeah. was amongst some of my, you and I working, because we had our desks side by side, yeah, we did. and we had our screens side by side, and we were working on the same code base, but we both had our own tickets at any given time, yeah. and it was just so much fun to be able to just go, you know, you'd be working on your own thing, and you'd sort of go, hey, you. yeah i can't figure this out what am i doing here and we'd like and then we would like pair program for a bit and then we would go oh okay let's go back to our own thing and then we'd pair program on mine for a bit and right so uh, regarding that there's there's no question um i mean ultimately i i would i already explained that i'm like super miserable doing doing the you know the three hour uh three days of work that i was doing up until that point because you know i didn't leave the house and uh, you know my nightmare was another contract just around the corner and i was super yeah. scared and i you know i i wanted to be surrounded by people and i couldn't be until that point and yeah. so uh, without question it was just like it was like this incredible space where I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that I'm, you know, I'm working in this place with uh, surrounded by people. And, uh, you know, I'm actually learning things from other, uh, other people. And like, you know, I can actually talk to, you know, four people immediately surrounding me. And it was just, it was, uh, I don't know. Uh, it was, it was pretty life-changing I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really, I mean, 
for the inside of the experience, it was really great. Yeah. Like uh, one, one other tidbit that I recall from this time for me was in, specifically in terms of the pair programming was you had something, some problem that was an algorithm type thing. It was sort of like do a tree view where things are nested and dynamic and recursive and everything. Right. And I remember we were working on that, but I had started interviewing around out in the wider world. Okay. Um, and um, I had done a few, nothing had stuck yet. And then I went into where I still am now, which was click and our coding interview at that time, the primary question was a tree view algorithm and I had just solved it like two days before on your computer screen with you. And I was sort of like, I was walking around for a couple of, because when you solve a really cool algorithm for the first time, you kind of walk around for a couple of days thinking like, oh, that was fun. Let me, let me like think about how it works. And like, and I thought that was really fun because I sort of, I was doing this thing on your machine. I show up untested completely in coding interviews in general and then I sit down and it's like oh shit Ando did that Ando and I did this two days ago and I pop, 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 pop. and like I nailed the interview because you like elbowed me two days before and said hey can you help me figure this out and I just think that was a really serendipitous thing that came out of us working together the first time that we had our serendipity happen. Um, but let's talk more about some of the things, like, so for you at that time, the social aspect of working in teams was really important. Um, at that time, always, at, ever at since. That, ever since, ever yeah. since. It's sort of the thing you do, the thing you look at first. It, I think is my highest priority. It, yeah. yeah. Um, and what about the, I mean, what about the subject matter of the things that we were working on at that time? Did that have, if, so for people from the outside, this was working in the affiliate marketing space where sometimes it is not the most, uh, ethical seeming. Um, and so did any of that concern you or um i don't think it did um ultimately uh i i don't i don't think either of us were really responsible for like the parts that are that you would describe as being you know unethical um yeah ultimately a lot of the work that i was do like basically all my work at that point was it was all internal software right it right. was it was tracking it was um you know, click-throughs, and it was uh, consolidating all of these, uh, all of these, uh, uh, what is it, uh, affiliate marketing uh, data points that yeah. we're getting from literally, you know, 200 different APIs where we're supposed yeah. to be, you know, retrieving this data and like trying to give as close to real-time reporting as we could. Um, yeah. That was... So, and actually, that was a really interesting, it was really interesting from a data perspective. And that was part of my own problem was it was so exciting from a data perspective because the things we were learning at that time were, we were 
they some of some of these marketing sites didn't have APIs, so we would have to write a web scraper. Yeah, that would it was take the, that would <laughs> get, not only log in, it would log into the site. It would use a curl request to grab the data, and we'd parse the table and sort of drop it into the database. And what was the volume? I what was the volume of requests that do you think we were working with at that time oh I, I i can't remember right now i mean the entire strip it took a half an hour to run it connected to uh like quite literally 200 different um api requests with like uh, thousands upon thousands of rows per data because ultimately we're getting every individual uh click through or, or every every individual click really, you know, we see the click through rate, we see all the sub IDs that were associated with it. And then uh, we ingest that into our system and we try to parse the sub IDs such that it falls under the right category. All the, you know, we were, we were allowed to do like five different categories at that time. So, yeah. and it was just all this, like all this nonsense. And basically uh, it, it was just, it was a lot. And that wasn't like, even that wasn't even the most, um, I guess uh, the most aggressive uh, project in terms of actual uh, network activity. Um, yeah. One of the projects I remember working on was uh, basically a bidding site where, uh, you know, uh, uh, one of the affiliate, uh, one of the affiliates would, or not the affiliates, I think it was like the, the domain owners would send a request and be like, okay, well, I have this traffic. It's, it falls under this category. Uh, how much are you willing to give me? And you know right. we're, we're talking about zero point zero zero one cents of uh, percent of a cent, right? Yeah, but that you know, accumulates over time to be you know multiple yeah. dollars. So yeah, uh, that, that that was Superman three right there, right? Yeah. When Richard Pryor takes half a penny from every paycheck and <laughs> yeah. like drives up in a Lamborghini the next day. Um, so and so that must I remember because there was a um, web domain we had high volume traffic web domains yeah. that had zero value oh. in, in themselves right and we, so but i had left just before we started doing that so the traffic yeah. is coming in yeah. on you know high value totally unqualified yeah. traffic and is this and so this is some of the stuff that happened after i left you're writing yeah the, you're writing the managers for these high volume things is that um essentially what what happens is uh someone has a property they have traffic and they're trying to figure out which which program will get net them the most uh the most dollars just to receive the traffic so basically it's it's a bidding system where they send us a request and we have to respond within basically uh like uh you know two milliseconds uh or or whatever the hell it was um just the uh what what it is that we're willing to offer you know if yeah. if 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 the response back uh, if the response is too slow they ju they just ignore uh, because they move they, on to somebody yeah, else they don't have they don't have the you know the the milliseconds worth of time yeah. to just wait for us you know they, yeah time is money and all that nonsense. yeah so this is where i mean and this you wrote this system because this is the the company we were at after yeah. affiliate marketing went a little sour for a bit yeah. things started they started catching up the the company we were at pivoted into buying this very high volume fire hose of traffic 
and mm. selling. And you wrote this from the ground up, right? Well, the the portion that I wrote, uh, yeah, it was all from the ground up. Uh, basically, it it kind of it kind of piggybacked off our system because basically I, I, I made some custom things that were like, basically, if this is new traffic under a new category, we have to store it so that we know how to bid for it in the future. Um, yeah. You know, I made all that integration um, and, you know, but we, we were doing bidding before that. It's just that yeah. it wasn't very successful at that time. Uh, the, the actual drain of, uh, drain of uh, having it, it was operating on our, mon uh, like basically our monolith at that point um yeah. and so it it wasn't very responsive all the all the endpoints that i had were you know um they were databases that existed in like asia and like you know, all, all around the globe just to limit uh, just to cut down on the actual you know uh the response time and and so it it just pulled down copies of the database and you know it was all centrally managed on on the monolith and uh yeah, it was kind of it was kind of neat. Um, I couldn't. I, I I hit a bottleneck where I couldn't figure out how to make it any faster. I'd cut it down to two requests uh, to two database queries: one to actually search for and then return the response if it already existed. But if it didn't, then you had to also record it. So yeah. like, there's a lot of there was a lot of requests that you had to make, and I I couldn't figure out how to make it any faster. And then um, someone pointed out, um, again, like a, a remaining remaining nameless. Uh, one guy who was really into uh, server tech and, and our actual server admin, um, they had this conversation about how uh, how running uh, running nginx in front of Apache made it super quick because Apache is really good at at, at being preloaded with all the all the support software and like actually processing, but it, its its ability to handle multiple hundreds of thousands of requests was terrible. Nginx was really right. great at that. So if, as long as Nginx served as a proxy to the Apache on the same system, it increased the actual uh, response time by, by a factor of like a thousand. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And it was ridiculous. And so I, rem I, I vaguely remember, and correct me if I'm wrong here, the volume, the annual return on the volume of whatever this business was, did you tell me it was something like they were doing 40 million a year on? I, I don't recall ever giving um, exact figures because even I didn't know what they were. Yeah. But I just knew what our targets were. Right. So, I mean, we did, we did hit them. So it was, yeah. you know, above, you know, however many millions of dollars, but it wasn't as high as 40. It wasn't 40 million. No. It wasn't 40 million. But they were doing just, <clears throat> and so if we're thinking about some, so the volume of traffic that you are working with at this time is such that they are paying thousands of a cent or hundreds of a cent yeah, per hit. Yeah. And their profit is, let, let's do, let's reduce that. Like is 4 million, 4 million probably sounds more reasonable then. Yeah. So if they're making $4 million, yeah. and this is unvalidated numbers, but if they're yeah. making $4 million on buying hits at a fraction of a cent, yeah. then like you're probably dealing with 400 million hits a day, 40 million to 400 million yeah, hits a day. Probably, yeah. 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 In a tiny hand-rolled system of Apache, yeah. PHP, and Nginx, 
and you are working at that time, probably in some of the, you know, you, I mean, big O, big O notation at this, I, I in a previous interview, I was talking to uh, Jeff Wong, who we both know and yeah. who we can name because he's been in an interview and he's sort of effectively consented. We, we, we discussed don't optimize for big O unless you have to. Um, and here's a place where you're, <clears throat> pardon me, you are so, so, you know, you are doing whatever you can to minimize your speed footprint. Do you also minimize your memory footprint at that time as well and eke out some performance there? Or I was tell trying, me more about... I was trying anything, really. Um, there were certain... Uh, ultimately, I always attributed uh, basically just... Uh, uh, SQL connections to be my, my biggest overhead, uh, not yeah. knowing anything about server at, at the time, um, aside from how to actually log into them and see how it's actually doing. Um, so um, I, you know, originally the system, because, because of the nature of, you know, it has to ingest this data and then it has to know whether or not we've already cataloged it or whether or not we just had to increment the catalog and just see how it's performing overall. And then we actually had to respond with the response data, you know, I spent a lot of time trying to make that better. Um, I didn't spend too much time on, like, if I knew what I knew now, I would think about, like, how to, how to minimize the number of, uh, uh, the number of packages and, like, just, like, like, even, even the level of code. Uh, I, I, I work with someone right now who was telling me that, um, uh, I forget what her example was, it had something to do with the instantiation of memory, and whether or not you, like, make it, uh, can you move your mic down a little just oh, to sure there we go um whether or not uh to declare it uh to declare it and then add or then to add it first and then uh you know she was actually looking to the into that like that level of uh optimization i've never had to do anything like that um, right and i'm not even sure i know where to start even if i had to um but it was right. still it was still kind of interesting. I had to basically uh, cut down on the logic and just see where I can make any optimizations I could. So, right, okay, yeah. okay, that's really interesting. And maybe later we see if I can get the name of this person who's dealing at memory level stuff, and maybe she does an interview too, because sounds like she might know her stuff if you think she's cool. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that's that's an aside for later on. But, All right. <laughs> um, um, so, I mean, I think, I think that was really cool. And it must have been really amazing to be working on problem. Like, if you think about the problems of scale, yeah. that's the kind of stuff that's hyper important at, at, the, at the big tech, right? If we're talking about the Facebooks, the Googles, the Amazons, okay. the, you know, because their target is the entire globe in terms of traffic. And right. so in this one, certainly you're running on these sort of small bones. And this was probably, probably uh, this was pre-cloud. This is when we were running our servers on rack space. They were virtual machines, right? Or were we running I bare metal anywhere? I, I don't remember uh, what we were running at the time. Um, yeah, I, I can't recall. Okay, okay. I I vaguely I I vaguely recall uh, 
discussing with our server admin at the time that these were rack space machines. I don't know if they were bare metal or not, but I mean, this was definitely pre-cloud. And if you were designing something today, you would maybe look at cloud and CDN or not for, you can't do CDN, you can't do processing in a CDN, but I'm sure there are things you can do there. So, but you did eventually, what was it that led to you um, deciding to move on? Because you have- Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah, I want the story. I want the story. It's you. (laughs) I know. (laughs) We, so- uh ultimately you know i i'd been there for a long time and yeah um uh you know it was four or five years if i recall uh four and a half by the time four and a half um and essentially oh maybe it was a bit more a bit less i think i was like actually a couple months shy when i left um because i started uh our job together in September and then moving on to click in August. So it was actually one month shy of five years. And uh, essentially uh, by that point, uh, I was, you know, I wasn't learning anything and uh, the work was getting a little stale. Uh, The environment was still as great as it was, but um, you know, even the environment, I was starting to love less and less by that point. And uh, I wasn't, I wasn't quite ready to uh, throw in the towel, yeah, and then uh, and, and then there and you I are. You up keep for a on, beer. keep on, you know, accosting me for like months on end, yeah. Uh, and we met at the Firkin on King, yeah. And we were sitting downstairs, and like, or no, we were sitting upstairs, and uh, you know, we just had a long chat, and like, you know, you get a couple of drinks in me, and I'll agree to anything, <laughs> <laughs> which is actually how I moved on to my current job. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so you know it, it's just you know if i'm not hiring if, right now but if people I mean, want to keep me on just don't yeah. let me go out to a bar i think that's right it's, yeah it's like a hiring manager who is interested in talking to ando should send a bottle of whiskey before the call right like <laughs> <laughs> okay um so yeah we, we had a few beers i had been trying for quite a while probably because again like i just i just remembered our time shoulder to shoulder working on each other's problems and i thought the most fun the most fun i have ever had programming was working with you directly and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna name him because he has agreed to do an episode is alex uh the guy who you work for now right um like um uh, and you know the three of us together would just have that sort of camaraderie where we were all just bashing our heads together to try and like let's make something really cool like let's get this thing working and I thought man I gotta get you on board and because the salary was better it was the new place too. I'll be honest I didn't know how to ask for money back then I didn't know how to push my own salary um yes and I don't even know how to like convey this I've tried to I've tried to instill in others how to ask for their salary but I just don't I don't know how to quantify it I don't know how to make it a successful skill that someone can just inherit 
Um, yeah. You know, it was a, it was something that I had to learn over time. And it was something that I learned because I eventually became a little too big for my britches. So like, basically I, I, you know, I think I'm hot shit right now. And I'm, <laughs> I, I think <laughs> you, you know? were at the time too. So. Right. so, but even back then I was just like, oh, I, you know, I sh- I'm worth more. I, sh- I, could, I could be making more. I just don't know how to start that conversation. So, uh, you know, having that conversation with you, having, uh, having the conversations that I had with the recruiter at the time, I was like, even then I was just like, uh, is this number okay? And he was like, yeah. and he was like, oh man, I thought you were going to ask for so much more. I was like, damn it. <laughs> you know, I could have asked, but no. Yeah. I didn't. And yeah. Uh, so it was, you know, it, it was a long thing that I had to learn uh, slowly because we're talking about like four and a half years at that first job. Uh, you know, I, I didn't yeah. even start becoming confident about asking for pay even at my second job until, uh, yeah, you know, uh, until until just before you left, if I recall correctly. Well, no, I, I think I'd asked then. I just wasn't as aggressive about it. But yeah. I hit a point where I was like, if I'm not making what I want to be making, uh, uh, you know, I need to start looking. Yeah. So one of the things I how is how have your skills improved to today? Are you are you still interested in knowing more about or knowing more about how to how to price yourself oh no i uh, i think i have that in the bag now you think you know what you're doing okay yeah. um, so how do you price yourself oh. you don't have to give the exact number but how do you how do you know what's going on uh basically i kind of take a look at like what the current market value is uh you know i, I said i'm I feel I, I think I'm too big for my britches, and that's 100% true. Um, I don't, if I'm going to get an average salary, I'm going to be an average programmer. I don't think I'm an average programmer, so screw you, pay me more. Right. Uh, uh, so, um, as far as how to accurately price myself, you know, if I'm not getting a certain percentage of that, uh, and this is true for even when I get new job offers, I will overload my current salary by a lot. Where, where to make I, it worth your time well, talking to essentially it'll just be like okay well I'd, I'd have to be stupid not to at this point yeah. um so uh and like a lot has kind of decreased over time or uh, like i've given numbers out in the past uh to various people who were asking and it was by and it was by a lot and yeah I guess I'm getting less aggressive now just because I'm actually very close to where I can't, where I'm just like actually very comfortable and yeah. you know, I'm actually very happy with, with, you know, my current salary and all that. Yeah. And, and, and so, so you're not aggressively interested yeah. in improving yeah. you, you know, you work with a f- friend that you've been close with for, I guess we're going on near 15 years with Alex and well, 12. Yeah. You know, yeah, 12. Okay. Um, and how do you know? So your determination of how you know what the market is, let me see if I can distill this. You wait for the recruiter to reach out to you on LinkedIn. No, not even that. Okay. Um, I'm not even interested in dollar figures at that point. Um, so essentially, like I still keep my eye on certain things like just Glassdoor and all this stuff. Okay. Like, you know, average average, you know, prices that people are making. Um, I know that I'm not working for IBM where they, where they pay their seniors unrealistic salaries just because of their tenure. Yeah. Right? 
So I, I'm not aiming for those figures because uh, I know that yeah. there are people who are like outside the norm. So, you know, yeah. you, you take you take the top, you know, 20, you take the bottom 20, you cut them off because they're just outliers. Yeah. And then I, I you know, I, I try to get a feel for what for what's going on and like what I can afford to live off of to, I guess, right. maintain my lifestyle. Yeah. Which is so, so glorious. This glorious, <laughs> this glorious Toronto apartment that's a Toronto condominium. That's probably worth a oh, crazy amount of money. But. Well, I, I actually moved to Etobicoke. Uh, oh really? Yeah. I moved uh, when I, uh, after I switched. So um, okay. I was still renting at my old apartment, which was ridiculous, yeah. but like the rent that I was getting was amazing. So I was, yeah. honestly, I should probably still be living there and just renting out this place, but I want, I really want to live here. So, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, so ha- have you low, I mean, so the one that I discovered the other day was levels.fyi and that one was a really good salary pricing site. Okay. Um, what, uh, what do you, um and so the thing i thought i heard you saying was like you wait for a recruiter to reach out you say sure i'm willing to talk to you but what about this insane number and if they don't hang up the phone you keep going with the conversation but i guess uh, that's I, I think that's uh, actually a little uh off the uh incorrect um i don't yeah general recruiters i don't really give the time of day unless i'm actually actively searching now right the problem is that i haven't been actively searching for over 10 years um right uh you know every time i've kind of had the hints of maybe i should move on something has actually kind of come along and i'm actually very blessed in that respect yeah and, uh I, th- I think it's almost like kismet where i was just like ah you know what you uh, fall backwards into pretty good stuff m- maybe this isn't right for me ah <laughs> uh, thank you yeah i would love that. <laughs> oh it's somebody here right now yeah um so let's let's say and so where do you think the market is right now? You don't uh, tell me your salary, uh, but I, like I haven't actually checked in in the longest time. And okay, earlier when I said that you know uh, I gave out numbers, it was to people in my circle. So like I'll still field questions from people who are trying to recruit and being like, oh, how much would it cost to take you away from here? Because you know yeah. I want you on this project now. And I've given out numbers in the past. Um, actually, some numbers I gave out were actually much higher than even what I'm getting paid now. And we're talking yeah. about years ago. So yeah. Um, because that was where I was at in terms of my comfort level and my enjoyment level. Um, you know, the, uh, the social aspect of the workplace is so important to me that I'll, I'll give a number as high as 40% above my pay grade. If I think it's, if, if it'll take me away from somewhere where I'm really happy to lose, to lose my friends on a day-to-day basis, it's gotta be worth more than, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk. Uh, so that was really, that was really interesting, but let's talk about some of the work that you were doing at, uh, at click with us and, okay. and some of the things that you learned along that journey. So, um, um, click wasn't, so, uh, the technology that I learned at click wasn't so relevant to the cause. Like I, I, yep. I, I wouldn't say that I actually learned, I learned a lot of new technologies, right. But yeah. as far as like, you know, logic or just trying how to approach certain problems or even uh, things of that nature, I don't think it was quite that valuable to me. Um, okay. I think what I actually learned the most from Click was actually like business sense. Right. So um, it was more along the lines of 
okay, well, you know, um, I've always had like, I've always been able to approach a problem and find a solution. And then at my first job, I learned how to approach a problem, find a solution and find out what was wrong with that solution before I implement it. I click it was, I know how to approach a problem, but can we actually, can we actually freaking do it with the time that we have left, with the budget we have left, with uh, whatever we have left? Um, you know, what restrictions are they imposing on us? You know, some, some clients are like, oh no, I, I really need you to use this technology from 20 years ago. If, that, if that'd be cool, like, yeah. you know, you tell them to, You'd like you'd like to tell them to go, you know, screw themselves, but you can't. But they're um, the client. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> yeah, so that's really interesting. Instead of learning about <clears throat> any whiz bang new features, you learned about the modalities of working within constraints and potentially sort of like, I mean, uh, a real uh, nature of not just how do I solve this problem but how do I solve this problem frugally or within the, within the scope of just like, we have this much money to pay you yeah. and we have to do it profitably and in time. And so it's like, you know, here's the money, here's the amount that you've got to do it into profit. <clears throat> and so these are the things that you're picking up. And this is, you were there for about five years. Uh, yeah. Uh, five, yeah, five and a half five and a half. Yeah. And how many projects do you think you worked on in that time? Well, I mean, I was on, uh, I was on a very specific team and uh, my specific team worked with a per one client that had, you know, yep. the same, the same group of, I guess, uh, logos. Let's just call them logos. And, yeah, we can call them logos. And essentially, you know, it wasn't, it, they're, you know, 20 to 30 different brands, but there were a lot of projects for all of them. But okay. a lot of them were repeats, so they would come back and be like, "Okay, well, this has to be updated in this fashion, or we're 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 trying to make this approach and make it a little bit more marketable." Yeah. Right. So, um, it, I don't. I mean, in terms of total projects, maybe sixty to seventy. Yeah. Um, I I still got like. I, I hope you don't take it the wrong way, but I I got hoard out a lot, <laughs> and. <laughs> Uh, I guess you can bleep that out. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm, uh, so I'll, I, I'll flag this one as not safe for work or something. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh my God, I have the thumbnail. Okay. <laughs> we can put like NSFW across your mouth. All right. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I went on a lot of uh, side projects uh, while I clicked, but it was, um, you know, for the most part, I, stay, I stayed within the same namespace and it yeah. was, uh, you know, um, yeah, it was it was an interesting time overall. Like I did learn certain things. Like um, uh, I, I learned a bit of Swift. I learned a lot of Objective C. You know, just yeah. I, actual uh, iOS dev. Uh, yeah. And you know, those were one offs that I I don't think I'm ever gonna end up using again. Um, yeah. Just because that's not the nature of the kind of work that I like to do, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So okay, so that's a that sounds like a good time to transition both into the nature of the work that you do like to do, which okay, I I assume that you're on now, and um, what's the story of this next transition? How did we move into, um, how did we move into the place that you're at now? So that has nothing to do with the kind of work that I like to do. I'm just going okay. to preface it right now. So which one would you rather hear first? <laughs> well, let's let's talk about the trend. Well, let's let's 
travel down the w- nature of the work that you like to do. Okay. And good. then we'll talk about the transition. Okay, because I think the transition is a much more interesting story anyways. Never mind. Uh, reverse <laughs> it. We'll do transition. Oh, all right. Okay, so um, fast forward to, you know, five and a half years later, uh, yep. after, after having that conversation with you. And um, I was kind of, you know, I'd... Um, at this point, so you brought this up earlier that I eventually did learn how to ask for, you know, yeah. the, the seller that I wanted. Um, I, I did ask for a very aggressive salary raise that I thought I was worth, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, click at the time, uh, you know, for whatever reason, uh, they weren't willing to pay all of it. They were only willing to pay half with the caveat that I could earn the other half by learning, um, uh, adobe um experience manager oh god yes. not worth it yeah and it, and it really bothered me that you know because it was an aggressive I, don't get me wrong i think i to this day i still think it's an aggressive raise value given the fact that you know as a percentage it's it's i i believe i were i know somewhere around the number <clears throat> um but it's not an aggressive raise uh, uh raise value compared to the market because you know we yeah, validate those but true. internally it was a very aggressive raise it was number. about 10 percent. yeah about th- no 10%. i think the number i came up with 13 13 yeah okay um so, so uh, don't get me wrong i thought it was super aggressive but i did actually feel like it was what i was worth and the other the other the other caveat to that was um it i felt like the landscape was kind of changing in yeah. in a sense um i was saying goodbye to more and more uh, friendly faces. I was saying, yeah. uh, you know, I was showing up at certain events and just not knowing who a lot of people were, not just some right. people. And it, you know, it, I was getting, you know, the major driving force of anywhere that I'm working is the environment. And it wasn't, it wasn't meeting the, right. the same, the same quality that it was when I first joined, which was in, right. fucking incredible. Um, yeah. So if I were, so let, let me try and play this back. Yeah. You, you went from a 40 person company to, I think we were around 150 maybe by, or 200 by the time you joined. We were at 450 by the time I joined. 450. 400. Okay. Let's say 400. 400. Yeah. And by the time you left, had we cracked a thousand or 1500? I think we might've been closer to 900, but yeah. 900 just, just okay so we're range. so you know the this the size of the pool of people and uh it was getting to the point where you don't know you don't know every single other developer on the team anymore well and, i mean it, it, it'd been like that since day one 450 okay. people is still unmanageable you know I, yeah I, you know, there was always someone that i didn't know it was just that um by the time that i left it was 90 percent of the people that i was hanging out with were people i didn't know right um you know, so, um, yeah. So, so the thing, the thing that you go to work for, which is the, you know, the camaraderie and the family and the, and the, that had, had faded to such an extent that it was, you know, yeah, it wasn't meeting your needs. Exactly. So at that point I decided to, you know, pull the, pull the trigger and be like, listen, um, this isn't everything that I, you know, everything I'm looking for anymore. So you have to pay me to make sure I stay. Um, That, you know, they didn't, they didn't 
to meet that. And I was kind of stewing on that on that issue for a little while. So yeah, um, I'd already you know I I was supposed to have my review in August, and I didn't find out until November that they weren't going to give me the the raise that I wanted, which already kind of irked me a little bit. But uh, it it took a lot of time for me to process. And I was just like yeah. Well, where am I at in my life? Am I am I actually seriously considering moving on? And I still didn't even make that decision up until the yeah. point where I got hired. <laughs> right, right. Um, I'd actually uh, it was it was a random Wednesday. Okay? Yeah. And uh, random Wednesday, it was like November. Uh, remember, just shy of December, and I I was just thinking there, and I was like. <sighs> Am I, am I actually still happy? And this is like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. in the morning. So it's, it's around it's around 1 a.m. where I actually start. I entertain the idea that I'm going to start working on my resume. Right. So, you know, I start I start entertaining. I start looking at my old one. I'm like, oh, my God, this looks awful. Anyways, uh, I, you know, I look up I, I look up new new formats and I'm just like, oh, OK, well, this is kind of cool. And I'm actually kind of getting into it. An hour later, I actually have an updated resume. Yeah. And uh, I was just like, okay, I've done that. Now, you know, if I need to take this next step forward, depending on, you know, give myself some time to breathe, give myself some time to think. And, you know, maybe in the new year, I'll actually consider looking. So um, a mutual friend who will uh, rename, follow the name JB. uh, Okay, I'm, uh, I'm... Uh, okay anyways um he he invites me out literally the next day yeah he's like listen i'm going to a bar it's it's with another mutual friend mutual friend and uh you know just come out actually he didn't even tell me that the mutual friend was going to be there he was just like listen i'm hankering for a drink let's go so you know this is random thursday now the the, the very next day you mean our our former manager no uh uh the former vice president no okay uh, I, I mean, I can give a first name if you want. Sure. Give me Justin, his first name. Justin. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, he, he calls me up and he's like, listen, I need to go for a drink. Let's go. And I was like, okay, fine. Our usual spot is the Firkin on, yeah. on uh, is this, uh, no, Fox and the Fiddle on Bremner Street. So okay. I lived at Spadine and Bremner and he lived across the street from me. So we would meet up there a lot. And he was like, yeah. I need a drink. Let's go. And I was like, okay, I'll see you there. And he only gave me like 10 minutes worth of notice. I showed up. And uh, I, I get there, and he's actually with another mutual friend, yeah, who who knows Luxie, and I didn't even know he was going to be there, but I was just like, oh, okay, fine, um, th- that that's all cool. I mean, you know, I've drank with this person before. We were having a, like a great night, and like it was like nine o'clock. We met at like six, and around like nine or ten, he was just like, oh, you know, Luxie's really looking for. Um, well, actually, sorry, uh, I'd said that I was, you know. I was kind of like on You're the kind of looking, it yeah, comes no, out, you're I, drinking. I, yeah, I said, yes, last night I just worked, updated my resume. And he was like, oh, look, he's looking for, or you know, looking for someone, you know, you should really contact him. And yeah, and he really kept on pushing me. He was like, is it cool? Uh, do you have a number? I'm going to, I'm going to let, yeah. I'm going to like let him know that you're looking. Yeah. And like, I was, you know, I wasn't in that space yet. You know, I, I gave yeah. myself two months to like really consider and just be like a uh, review where I'm at in my life. And he's just like, yeah. oh, okay, I'm going to contact this guy. And then, and then he's like, okay, uh, Alex came back and he was like, okay, what's, oh, what kind of, res- um, what kind of figure are you looking for? And I was like, ah, so I went for a number above the original 
uh, salary upgrade. Your original upgrade. asking, yeah. And I'll just like I'll give you that that number uh, because that's actually where I do see myself, but it's yeah. not. It was way too aggressive for me to realistically to ask in terms of because yeah. it would that would have been I think if I because I vaguely remember you told me once and you were asking for a thirteen percent raise, but this one was like twenty or twenty five percent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and he just snapped his fingers and he said, sure, come in tomorrow. How no, uh, actually, like uh, he sent the he sent the message away and then he said, OK, yeah, he said, OK. I was like, oh, OK. And then, you know, like it was a little bit of a weird situation where I was just like, ah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll play it out, see how it goes. Yeah. And like the next morning, I'm just like, oh, uh, you know, I'm hung over. And I'm like, oh, my God, over. I kind of I, I kind of <laughs> hope that he doesn't call because I'm not sure if I'm ready to make yeah. this decision. He called Alex actually calls me in the morning at like 10 a.m. I'm at I'm at work. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, oh, yeah, let's uh, do you have a sexy chat. I'm like, oh, fuck. I, I knew this was coming. And so yeah. I had to run to the hallway just to take this call. Yeah. And he was on he was on the phone with another mutual friend. And he was just like, OK, listen we heard about this yesterday, you know, let's do our first phone interview. I was like, fuck. Uh, all right, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> like I, you know, the, there, what was, what's that movie, the hangover where they like, they're, they, it's the hangover. they're in Vegas and they wake up and they, yeah. it's like, you're, you're playing the hangover, but you get a 25% raise when you get drunk. Like it's. Yeah. So no, I mean, I, by this point, I'm already have my like half of my raise. So, so it's actually yeah. less than 25%. Anyways. Sure. But um, so, you know, at this point, I'm just like, oh my God, this is actually happening. So like, I'm actually yeah. letting it sink in that this is happening. And, um, you know, I have to, I have to deal with the fact that, you know, this isn't, this isn't a decision that I'm going to be making two months from now. This is a decision I'm going to be making in about 10 minutes. Yeah. And at this point, um, it was some at some point during that Friday. Uh, so, you know, the, the night after the, the night of drinking and I was just like, okay, you know what? so we're three days or two uh, days after drinking. Uh, no, it was one day after drinking two days after updating my resume. Okay. And I was just like, okay, well, you know what? Stars have kind of aligned and I don't think I'm the one who's steering the ship anymore. I think yeah. I have to take this job. So literally yeah. everything after that ha followed after uh, whether or not it was like uh, any counter offer that I may or may not have received from Click, anything that yeah. may have happened afterwards, it was completely it was completely irrelevant. Uh, at that yeah. point, I'd already decided. I was like, I, I think the universe yeah. wants me to take this job, so yeah. um, it wasn't you know it wasn't even th something I had to consider anymore. I was like, Jesus, take the wheel. You yeah. know what you're doing. Yeah, I'm gonna have some water. And, okay, and <laughs> you know, yeah. at, at that point, it was just like uh, they. They called me and they uh, they called me. They were like, "Okay, you still have to meet with the with the CEO. He he needs to vet all of these like references and all that." Yeah. Went in uh, like I think it was like the I think it was like the following Tuesday or Monday, um, and I had this uh, meeting with him. It went uh, as far as I can tell. It went swimmingly. I mean, I'm well because you're there. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, they sent me like the week following that. I got uh, I had a an interview which was more of an offer presentation. Mm -hmm. And like, I would have signed on the spot because I'd already kind of made my, my mind yeah. that, by that point. I just couldn't because my, my phone wasn't working or something. Yeah. So I think, I think the, um, the thing about the th everything that I've read about counter offers and that whole dance is the reason, the thing that made you start looking yep. is not going to change. And so 
about at the organization that you're at. So any counteroffer, any counteroffer, you'll still have all of the things that were frustrating you enough to the point that you wanted to start looking. And yeah, that's true. Is, mo- is money going to cover that? And, and what, what's the best they can do? They can match? So, and so um, in this particular case, um, they could have mass- matched. They didn't. Um, yeah. Uh, they actually only offered the original raise that I asked for, which I actually kind of thought was a little insulting at that point. Yeah. Um, uh, so um, basically what I, um, what really kind of just, there was the AEM thing, which, which was like a major, I guess, push at the time. It was yes. techn- technology that was, you know, terrible. Yeah. It's, I mean, it is, it's, it, well, I don't know if you want to go on this rant about how awful it is. I think it is. How awful it is to work on Adobe it's, experience manager. Like terrible. Uh, I, I, re- I, I, re- I, remember, I don't like it. <laughs> I remember I had to take the learning suite and I was like, I was on their website and I was like, okay, well, this is, these are steps that you have to do. I followed step one, two, three, four, five. And I broke, it broke on step two. And I had to look online for like an hour to find the solution to get past that. Step three, it broke again. And I was just like, oh, my yeah. God. that, uh, that was know, what I did for Kubernetes. Yeah. And right? the thing is like, you know, uh, half, half my, uh, half of my, uh, half of my raise is dependent on this, on this software that doesn't right. fucking work. It's terrible. Yeah, it was awful. And like, I, th- I still think everyone who's still working on it thinks, thinks that it's awful, but I can't, you know, I, I don't have to worry about it because I'm not there anymore. Right. Um, so like that whole, the tech side of the aspect would have been awful if I was still li- yeah. working there. Um, the people, the relationship that I had there to this day, I, I maintain. Um, right. They're wonderful people. And the thing is, if I. And I agree with that, too. Yeah. 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 Even if I'd gotten a counter offer that, that was comparable, I would have I would have hesitated. You know, yeah. The, the reasons why I started looking are not the reasons why I left. Right. Right. It's, it's not enough to, you know, it's just it, it is it is a big part. But like, it, you know, uh, the people that I was working with, you know, I, I love these people. Uh, yeah. you know, I would love to work with them forever. Yeah. Um, you know, but I have to make the, the moves that are right enough for me. So, you know, I have a triangle right now and I only have one point that's, you know, right. uh, far and above everything else. The other two points are, are lacking one's salary and one's actually and in general interest. Yeah. And, and when both of those are lacking, it's just. Right. Yeah. You know, so, right. So we're saying you've got your friends up here at, yeah. and at the top of the triangle, the yeah. most important thing for you. And then down the side is how exciting this is for me. Yeah. And on the other side is how fairly compensated I am yeah. in the, um, in the space. So <clears throat> pardon me. Um, that's a, I mean, that's a really good point uh, point to make uh, is like, what, how do you decide when it's a good time to move on yeah. to a new position? And how do you decide when to start looking? And I mean, part of, part of the reason that I'm doing the podcast is, is, you know, catching up with friends like yourself, but also as a method of continuous professional development and doing these self-reflections and hoping to share and model those behaviors for anybody who does watch and say, like, let's make sure that we all start paying attention to our careers 
and whether our careers are meeting our current needs. So you move into you move into this new place then, right? So yeah. is there anything else that happens or it's just like bing bang bong, you've got your two, three weeks notice and you show up at oh, the yeah. new place? I was basically on cruise control at by the point where I made that decision where I was like, okay, the universe is steering this ship. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just along for the ride, quite frankly. Yeah. And, um, you know, after that, it was just all my decisions were kind of made for me. Um, uh, you know, it, I will say that during my first, I guess, month or two at this new job, I was actually a little concerned about how appropriate a transition it was for me. Um, I wasn't right. getting the sense of camaraderie that mm -hmm. maybe I got at my uh, at, at Click. And yeah. um, so uh, I remember kind of like I was, we were at uh, the Rivoli on Queen. <clears throat> you know what? This is just a story about me going to the bar. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, Rivoli is a great pool hall on Queen and Spadina. If people don't know, <laughs> yeah, I'll shamelessly plug it. Uh, also go to the Roxy on King. That's also a great place. <laughs> and um, uh, we were we were there, and I was there with a, a, a lot of friends from my old workplace because uh, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't hanging out with my new crew by then, and yeah. uh, we went there and we were just having a great time. And I remember I was, some people were there and they're hearing about my new my new job, and at that point I was I was very comfortable vocalizing my concerns. I was just like, oh my yeah. god, I can't believe uh, maybe this was like the worst the worst choice for me. And, yeah. Um, now, what I didn't really appreciate at the time was that uh, uh, my current workplace was actually still going through growing, pain, growing pains at that point as well. See, I'm, right. I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm employee number 26. Uh, yeah. They, you know, uh, when, I f uh, when I first joined, you know, uh, half of the people before me were hired within the last three to four months. Right. right? So that, the level of comfort wasn't there between anyone, quite frankly. Yeah. And I was looking for something that couldn't possibly exist. You know, people aren't right. going to have that level of camaraderie until they've been in the weeds together. They've been in the trenches together. They've, you know, they've had numerous nights where they're just like, ah, let's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, my, my, my requirements. And so little... for context, just so we know, um, what is, what is their rough salary, right? Uh, sorry, not salary, sal uh, uh, head count. What is their rough head count right now? So they, you were 26. They are now. Uh, we're nearing a hundred now. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So we're doing pretty well. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, you know, those, those fears and concerns have gone away. I've had lots of great, great nights with them since. I remember seeing the photos of your poker nights and things. So it's, yeah, you, yeah. you definitely, and I know that you used to shark a lot of people at poker. Weren't you the, you're with the, you've been the big winner at all of these poker nights. That's what, <laughs> no. that's what I recall. I'm, okay. I love running poker nights. I'm terrible yeah. at poker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Let's, let's so the winning honest. that you've done is the friends you've made along the way. Essentially. Okay. Yeah. So I love running the nights, but I usually drop like 60 a night and this is like it with a 20, $20 buy and I have to rebuy like two more times. And uh, honestly, uh, it, it at, at some point I'm going to like my gut, is going to upgrade to the point where it's actually a little smarter than I am, but I always follow my gut feel and my gut is wrong yeah. a lot. So okay. as, as, in terms of actually winning, 
Not yeah. a lot. Um, yeah. I've come second place a lot. But okay. I, I get okay. overly aggressive and it doesn't work out well. And <clears throat> anyways, not a great poker okay, player. So <laughs> there we go. We're we're at the new place two months in, and you're yeah. saying, have I made a terrible mistake? And then on reflection, you realize that if you're joining a I mean a startup that's targeting hyper growth. No, I didn't even give it the benefit of the doubt. Um, it, yeah. I, I just decided to stick it through because it wasn't enough of a reason for me to leave prematurely. Right. Um, uh, eventually it would, I would start, I would realize in retrospect that it was growing pains. Um, yeah. It, it wasn't in a full like six months after that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And what's the work like, what's the work like at that time? And uh, the work is still the same. Ultimately, it's um, it's 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 in the transport space, and um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this isn't ultimately this isn't a space that I thought I would be working in. But I also didn't think I'd ever be working in the medicinal space either, and or right. the pharmaceutical space either. And you know, that's where I was prior to that. So, like, you know, taking on new space isn't that big a deal. Um, I've learned just so much. Um, ultimately, my my. The, you know, my job at Click, you know, the clients being what they were, you know, you don't always get the best opportunities to do, to, to learn the newest tech. Um, yeah. You know, React was so far beyond me at that point that I... I uh, you so know, you're a React shop? Oh, I'm so good at it now. You have no idea. Nice. <laughs> I, well, I'm going to have to get some lessons from you as well. React and Golang. <laughs> really? Yeah. So you react and go. Yeah. I learned both wow. of these on the job and, um, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't try to lie about it on my resume. They were very, mm. they were super accepting of the fact that, you know, people, we were not hiring people who know the stuff where people were hiring people who are capable of learning. It, right. You know, so. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you, you got into the, you got into this new technology. What kind of problems are you trying to solve and what are the really interesting <sighs> problems that you're so, working uh, with nowadays? this kind of goes into the whole uh, thing about like the kind of problems that I actually like to solve. So, I mean, way back at the beginning of this talk, I was talking about how I like do problem solving, you know, logic. Puzzles. Like the puzzles. Yeah. Uh, essentially that's what this is. So, you know, we have, we have software that's, you know, uh, X number of years old and yep. I have to figure out how to, you know, make this new thing happen given the confines of I the have legacy to, legacy yeah. constraints yeah, yeah exactly um you know the the monolith is what it is i have to make it work with yeah. the constraints that i have in the time limit that i have with the resources that i have and yeah. uh you know let's see let's see where i can get and, and it's been go the whole time yeah okay so why don't you tell me about go because now i'm a c i'm i'm c sharp i'm in currently in love with dotnet core but like tell me about go what's What's it like? Uh, I I don't really. It. I mean, I can. Uh, it's it's uh it's strictly typed. It's 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 not like a scripting language, but sometimes it kind of feels that it is. I get the same vibes from it that I did okay. with PHP way back in the day. Even though it's not. Don't get me wrong. There's there. It's still far more you know rigid in certain aspects, and but it's it's actually. I don't. I don't really know the best way to describe it. Uh, .NET C Sharp was very, almost had too many features. Where okay, um, you had to. 
I'm not. You had to know a lot. You had to have history to make the most use of it. Yeah. You can learn Golang very quickly. And it's, it's, it's super interesting. It, you know, the building blocks for almost everything are exactly the same. Um, so it's, it's, really, it's really just about the best programming practices. And yep. I don't know. It's, I don't really know what to equate it to, but it's just, I'm actually enjoying it a lot. That's yeah. Cool. Okay. Let's see. What features of Go do you find? So we're saying huh. it's Go Go is strongly typed, but it feels like a scripting language sometimes. Okay, okay. I wish you wouldn't focus on that. I, I'm just saying yeah. that, like the the looseness and the comfortability of of having worked with it for you know so short a time, it just actually feels very natural. Um, yeah, I can work with it now, no problem. I, I would never say it's a scripting language. Uh, I'm just saying that. Oh, I get okay. The, okay. I, I'm, I'm getting. I'm just saying that I get the same feel that I did when I was first learning PHP, which is that oh. it, it's very easy to like to to internalize and to uh, what is it uh, absorb. Okay. And it, and it comes out very fluently, and once you start learning its small little caveats, then you can actually really become an effective GoLang uh, developer. Okay. Okay, yeah. so where would somebody now? So I, I have started one of the thing, one of the projects that I'm starting in addition to the podcast yeah. is I'm starting a tech in, a Fang interview study group, which is like a I mean I'm planning a roughly 14 week course. You know I used to be a teacher, and so I'm yeah. structuring it like if I was going to attend a college course on how to pass a um, face, uh, uh, Google interview, yeah. what would I want that course to look like? And so I'm just sort of writing it as I'm doing it. Um, but one of the questions that I have set out for week one, for week zero of the course, so maybe it's a 15 week course, maybe I have to count again because it's zero based array now. Um, for week zero is choosing a language to work in for the interview and sticking with it all the way through. And one of the feature, one of the features or, or one of the decision rules that I've got to go on for the course of this uh, learning exercise is if the goal, if the target goal is to achieve a, an offer coming out of a a big tech interview, should I focus on learning, should I focus on using a language that I know, such as that I know and know pretty well, which is C-sharp, or should I target, because I'm doing this effort anyways, maybe I should like, maybe I should learn Golang and try and write, you know, learn 14 weeks, 15 weeks of Go, so that when I go into one of these interviews, I'm writing it in a thing that big tech is already using, or do I go with JavaScript, which is one that everybody kind of knows a little bit. Um, so with all of that as the sort of foundational brick of the reason that I'm asking the question, what are your thoughts on how somebody would go about, how, how what is the scale and scope of the challenge of trying to learn Go from scratch 
if you are not doing it full time on a day to day basis? Um, it's 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 actually fairly easy to be pretty good with Go. Yeah, it's hard to be really great with it. Okay. Um, as far as like taking yourself out of your own comfort space, I mean, if they're going to accept JavaScript and you're really great at it, just go with it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't recommend learning anything new because uh, the fact of the matter is that, you know, there's still enough about Golang where if they throw a curveball at you and you just don't know how to handle it, then true, you know, true. Um, uh, at least with, one of, yeah, okay. Uh, uh, Golang channels, for example, I still don't, I'm still not super comfortable with. I'm more, I've been working on it for two and a half years now and I'm still not super comfortable with it. Um, and that's just because, um, you know, I learn on the, I learn on the job and, yeah, uh, you know, I absorb really quickly, but if, you know, certain technologies that we're not using, uh, right. I'll fall uh, well, the side. like any, like anything, yeah. like anything. And of ultimately, like I, I know of them and I've seen things, but I haven't, I haven't applied it to the extent that I would know all the benefits of using it. Like okay. all the benefits that I know of, regardless of what language it is, it's because I've tried to use them in the past and they've either really succeeded or they've just yeah. failed miserably. And, yeah. you know, I learned, I learned those lessons and I moved on, but you know, if I don't have those lessons in a practical space, yeah. in, in a, in a working space, my working space is typically my practical space. Even if there's right. a bit of practice in between, it's really not yeah. useful. Yeah. So um, for me, yeah. who doesn't know what a channel is in reference to Go, okay. what, what is your, I mean, and with the understanding that you actually have just said you don't really understand them, yeah. what, what are they and what, or what are the features of Go that make it a, uh, why is everybody using Go? So when I first applied for this job, uh, uh, not our mutual friend, but the other mutual friend who I'm directly reporting to sent me okay. a, a few links. And to this day, I'm not entirely sure 100% all of the main benefits of Golang. Um, you know, for me, it's always just that language that we're using at my new company. The language we're using. Yeah. And so if, if you were to ask me why it's better, I, I wouldn't, you wouldn't know. Wouldn't. That's fine. That's fine. It's, I mean, this is, there's no grade at the end of this. There's yeah. no, no test. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure it out. And the other thing that I'm able to do uh -huh. is I can go and look that up now, now at a later date to say, well, okay, I've got this question about go that I want to know. So maybe I'll go find that article and read it. And that's yeah. cool. That's fine. I'm, I'm, not trying to put you on the spot or anything. I'm just, I'm actually going to clip this entire interview down to this five second window where you just say, I right. don't know anything about go. Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. If you could just be take a... all my greatest, like, you know, weaknesses and yeah. make like a, you know, a, a two minute, you know, the yeah. best of a two minute super cut of yeah. your vulnerability. I don't know this. I don't know this. I don't know this. I certainly don't know this. <laughs> Oh my God. Oh my that God. would be terrible to you, yeah. but it would be so funny. It would be so funny, Mark. I'm not going to do that, <laughs> but 
<laughs> I kind of want to see it. It'd be funny how many times. I've said yeah, I don't know now I have a now I have a second editing job of yeah. just Mark denigrating himself. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, what other que- what other questions? So we don't know really about channels. That's okay. We do. Uh, um. What are your what are your goals for the next few years? I mean, the current you're a you're a Y com you're at a Y Combinator startup. Mm-hmm. You've got probably a hundred pretty good friends in this place. You're not going anywhere for a while. So what are you what are you targeting in terms of what you're sort of just trying to do in general then? Is what's so this is starting to sound a bit like a one-on-one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just but like, that, uh, in all seriousness, seriousness. Um, I, I mean, I, I mentioned earlier that, you know, my biggest takeaway, my biggest priority really is um, ultimately how comfortable, how much I love just being where I, being where, being I where you're at. Yeah. You know, um, whether cruising or not along, be, whether or not be the social aspect okay. or the, the fun aspect of it. Um, that's still hundred percent true. And I've had, and the funny thing about your question is that I've had multiple, um, managers actually tell me that their, their biggest frustration with me is that I like the IC role, the individual contributor role too much, you know, you know, here's the, here's the thing. I have some thoughts on that. Yeah. And I think that. ICs, individual contributors, don't get nearly the, there was a great article on Hacker News the other day that I I still browse from time to time. And it was something like, and you know, they always use very strong opinions and things in their clickbait headlines to get the traffic, but it was management is not a promotion for engineers. And it was a wonderful discussion that said, you know, I mean, and again, this is tech bros speak with a sort of a rough language. And, but I mean, the, the central thrust of the argument was, Hey, managers, get your heads out of your butts because ICs are the ones who are, who are building this thing. Like, who are you going to manage if we don't have a product? Like ICs and there was this entire, and it was a very compelling discussion, I felt, in we have to restructure our understanding in programming of what the individual contributor is. And they are easily parallel to management. And there have to be tracks where IC has the exact same sort of career progression respect and thing so so what so what you're not ordering around 20 and managers don't do that but so what that you're not like the general leading the charge you're you're you know you're doing things that are so core and fundamental to the success of the business that ICs don't get the you know they don't get the level of respect and attention that they really deserve right so i mean i certainly i certainly i'm like not your manager and i'm kind of a little more interested in being a an ic slash um 
men like I wouldn't say a mentor. So I have a I am what I really enjoy as again, I was a teacher. Yeah. I really enjoy having a handful of newer in career developers that we can do just like you and I used to, where we'd go, let's solve this problem together. <laughs> right. That's the stuff that I like, but that's not management. And I'm fine with sitting and talking to somebody and coaching them on things like how do you price yourself? How do you ask for the raise? How do you go through this stuff? Those are the things that I enjoy. But the management, I've yeah. got to be in, I've got to be in the mix myself. And so I really kind of empathize with where you're coming from there. But I'm not trying to be an IC. Or sorry, I'm not trying to not trying to be a manager. I'm not trying to do a one-on-one. Yeah. So let's, I mean, we're close enough to the end of the interview where we want to wrap up, but I want to talk about then. Is there anything external to work in technology that really excites you? Is there anything? Um, so I wouldn't say it excites, but I do actually value the fact that, you know, even though I'm an IC, even though I'm not really a decision maker, my, you know, my opinion matters. Yeah. Um, it has, I, I feel like it has everywhere that I've worked. So yeah. Uh, and maybe that's just because I'm a bit of a loud mouth and I'm a bit full of myself and I'm just like, okay, well, this is why it's wrong. And people like kind of take my tone as being the law, even though it might not be. Um, yeah. But the fact of the matter is that like, I do appreciate the fact that in, in all of the jobs that I've had, uh, I've been able to contribute even on the non-IC uh, aspects of it. So yeah. even when it comes to designs where I'm just like, okay, well, you know what? It's probably a really good idea if we actually do this. And then people, mm. take, people take that, they absorb it and they're like, oh, you know what? That's actually a really good idea. Or um, I'll also be like, oh, you know what? This is probably why we can't hit this, uh, hit this deadline. And, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll, I'll list out my concerns. I'll, you know, I'll always back up all my claims. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it does get, it does get respected. And, and like, I, I guess I've been blessed again with the fact that, you know, the jobs that I've had so far uh, have been with people who would, who would be willing to listen, you know, rather yes. than just being like, yes. okay, well, this is what I need to do. So yeah. screw your opinions, you know. Uh, I'm sure yeah. I'm sure that exists in some places or even in some biases, but um, yeah, actually I, that, that brings to mind another question that I only just realized, but yeah. um, so I was, I, I sent a referral to um, Alexander, the okay. uh, founder of your company who has agreed to be on the podcast at a later date. So I'm okay naming him, but I sent a referral of a good friend of mine, a former boss and vice president, when he was looking to fill a, a pretty senior role. Okay. And he said, and he had the interview, everything went well. And then I think a couple of days later, it didn't pan out because you guys managed to hire, I think, the first or se- I see it was like the first or second engineer from Airbnb as your new CTO or something. I, I, and I don't know, I don't know the exact details, but it was okay. like, you got a really big deal in terms of engineering knowledge, come on board. So, yeah. <clears throat> and I think what's really exciting about the work that Alex, about the company that Alex has really built yeah. is being a Y Combinator startup 
he has this incredible network of talent to tap for just the entire recruiting pipeline. So to my mind, you've probably got a lot of really smart and interesting, cool people that you work with, very well-established and knowledgeable technologists. What are the lessons that you are learning from your peers in now in terms of, you know, what are some of the most impressive things that you're picking up from these really, I mean, are, and are they really next level smart or what, you know, I, they, so, I think it must be, but. Um, basically, uh, what I will say about, I guess, our talent pool is I, I actually honestly believe that we're, we're actually next level. Um, yeah. We actually said this about our first job together where yeah. we couldn't believe how our, our CEO, our CTO, our, our senior leadership team managed to pull, pull these talents together. Because even to this day, I still believe that a lot of those talents are still, you know, cut above the average. Um, yeah. That's actually 100% true with our current space as well. Yeah. And, and the thing is, like, I've had, whether or not it be in my, uh, at Click or in my current job, I've had, you know, my fair assortment of just, like, you know, awful interviews. Um, the weirdest, uh, the weirdest thing that I've noticed between uh, the two places is that I had something like 20 plus interviews at, at Click and I didn't sign off on any one of them. Right. It was awful. Uh, the talent pool, I have no idea how they got to the stage of the interview where, uh, where you know, I was being called in to review them and I was just like, what is this garbage where they can't... Sorry, that's a little too aggressive, but yeah, I, I, ultimately, look, I mean, so I mean, we'll take a second to reframe that. Yeah. That people learn all the time in this business. Yeah, that you're uh, you're coming in if you're if you're talking about writing the coding test, you're coming into you're coming in blind to an algorithm that you may not have seen the day before you arrived on site. But, so, but even in the coding test, I was trying to lead like I would. Yeah. I would meet them with them every hour as, as was dictated or even earlier than that. Yeah. But every time I tried to lead, ask a leading question or even tried to like push them to, to come to a realization on their own, I was always uh, met with blank faces. Right. And, and that doesn't actually happen. It's, it's the weirdest thing. Maybe it's because it's a startup or because uh, most of recruitments come from a certain, um, what is it? Uh, Hiring pool. Yeah. Um, Lighthouse Labs is actually oh okay yeah go to a lot, um, but it the the quality of of the I guess applicants that we receive is just a lot higher. So yeah. it's not just the fact that Luxy has this robust network of people or that he has this robust uh, you know Y Combinator space yeah. to pull from. I, I think there's something to be said about I guess the attractiveness of startups. And their yeah. relationships with certain uh, recruiting platforms, or right. uh, or their relationships with certain like schooling. So, um, yeah, uh, hacker you, whoever, uh, whoever. It's Juno now, but yeah, Juno, I know the one. Right, That's, right. Yeah, uh, Click had a lot of really great relations with them. Yes, but I don't think I ever actually got to meet with any of them when I was yeah. interviewing for them. 
or with them. Right. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, our, our current pool is really great. And, yeah. uh, you know, we are a Y Combinator company, but I don't think it's fair to just only attribute our, our talent to just it, that. Okay, yeah. that's, that's a good point. It's not just Y Combinator. Yeah. Uh, just last, the, the interview prior to this one was a guy, I don't know if you ever met Daniil Moldikov, yeah. but um, he's a... Uh, he's a brain station lead instructor right now. And right. I think, I think we spent 20 minutes talking about how much we love working with boot camp grads because oh, yeah. they're uh, I agree. The boot camp grads are incredible yeah. and passionate and wonderful. And so that's a good thing. Um, but I, I think what about, what about, are you learning new modalities in operating from let's i mean i don't know if any of them are googlers but of of the fang tier uh engineers do they do they have a secret sauce or do they have have they imparted any lessons to you that make you rethink the way that you do your job on a day-to-day -day basis no, no, and you can say no. <laughs> you can I mean, say I, no. It, it sounds awful, but like ultimately, like I, I've never discounted what I could learn from anyone, really. Sure. Um, that's a good point for me. And, that's and and the fact of the matter is that uh, I've actually not only have I said this line in a lot of my interviews, I've even repeated the fact that I've said this line to multiple interviews just because I, I, I really believe it. And it's the fact that um, even some of the juniors right now can code circles around me depending on uh, the subject matter right. or whatever the technology is. And the fact is that, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, I guess I am a dinosaur. Um, you know, I've been in the game too long. And uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm not learning the best. Uh, I'm learning, I'm not, I'm not keeping up to date with the best technologies, but I am actually absorbing them from, uh, from the next best generation, which is yeah. the current generation, and yeah, and honest God, it, that's that's one hundred percent true. Yeah, um, I use that in all of my interviews, and it 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 seems to be a great selling point as well because yeah. people want to know that they're learning from their juniors. And yeah, I think that's an important thing, especially for someone in a senior position to be willing to do. Yeah, right, and just like okay, well, I need to absorb this information, or I need to because what I know doesn't account for shit five years, two years from now. Right. From now. Right. And so by, by bringing in these uh, fresh new in career developers who come in with all the latest knowledge, we kind of, um, we kind of feed on the lessons that, that they bring to us. And, but it's, I mean, it's a very symbiotic relationship as well, because there are things that come from, being in the job for so long yeah. that we share back. And so it, it really is like, Absolutely. We, we really and need each other. I, and it's I, just such a, a wonderful pairing. I do actually feel like I, I try to impart that. I don't know if I succeed, but yeah. um, I mean, I had already mentioned that at Click, I didn't learn anything technolo technologically yeah. uh, significant, but it was more about the business side. Um, I'd like to believe that I am 
imparting that on at least some level, trying to establish yeah. a, a sense of realism to all of the, oh yeah, yeah. this would be amazing uh, directives that come out from our product team or wh whoever it is that's <laughs> like, listen, yeah. we, we can't, we, we just can't do this. It's not, yeah. it's not gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can we release flying underpants? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we can't. So it's, yeah, okay. Well, I, if I'm honest, Mark, I have had, it is so much fun to talk to you. And Likewise. we have, it has been way too long. How are you, how are you doing? You're in your work from home space, right? I am. Yeah. And we know that your primary, your primary driver yeah. is human interaction. <laughs> Yeah, so um, honestly, it's uh, it's actually no no secret. I've actually shared this with like literally anyone who listened to me. Um, I'll, I'll tell them that listen, this has not been a great going on fourteen months now. Or I guess it's only yeah around fourteen months. So I think it was like near the end of February where we all got the stay at home order. Yeah, um, I'm trying to make do as best I can. Uh, our company does try to have. Um, I guess Zoom meetings and such um, were not always successful. Uh, yeah, it, it is what it is. It's hard to you know get everyone to agree with. Well, they're at home, so if they want to do something else, they can. And yeah. literally, you can't stop that. Yeah, but um, I do try my best to like kind of you know at least have a bit of time to just talk with people and like you know have the social aspects that I'm actually craving. That you really need. Yeah. Um, so much so that it, even, even, I'm going to, okay. So my, you can cry, my, it's my, okay. my CEO tried to like set me up on a friend date and I think it might've been something a bit more than that, but I, I don't know really. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is that apparently I seem really lonely. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it's, it's a hundred percent true. And, you know, uh, I do miss, you know, I don't love the commute, but I, I do miss the fact that I'm surrounded by people all the time. I do miss the yeah. fact that I'm going out all the time. Yeah. Um, some of the things that I've actually managed to help, I guess, kind of cope with the whole situation is that, um, uh, you know, I, I try to get out what I can. I try to uh, in initiate like um, after hours sessions yep. as much as I can. Um, let me pull this up for really quickly. So if I pull this up, uh, this is my office during the summer hours, just because I need to get out. Right. Oh, okay. So that's my balcony. And honestly, honest to God, it, it actually saved me last year, just because yeah. being spending that much time outside and like kind of getting a feel for, you know, I'm not in my condo hundred percent. Oh, I should actually, I just realized that I release an audio version of this podcast. So oh. I should, can you put that back up and I will try and describe what I see. Sure. So anybody, so anybody listening. So um, um, here, here we, we go. See. So what I'm, what I'm looking at is uh, a condominium balcony with what looks like a an ikea table and there's a laptop Good and eye. stuff it is ikea it is <laughs> and it's just sort of like 
it's a laptop and second computer screen on a desk overlooking and I can see a lot of nice greenery out there and so yeah. if I'm a, and it, it looks like you're very high up and so it looks like you've got an office in the sky on a, a beautiful bright sunny day it, it is it is both yeah. beautiful and it feels incredible um, yeah. just having wind at your feet while you're and fresh, to... fresh air blowing in your face through. Yeah. Okay. We can take off the, we can take off the picture. Now I cool, feel cool. like a podcast audience will know what we've seen. Yeah. Um, so that's certainly like, that feels really like, I feel that in my chest. Like I, I like, need that rejuvenation and it's yeah. true that I'm not getting it, especially during the winter hours. Um, I don't actually know how I've managed to, get along especially because we've been on lockdown for so long it's because, yes you know we can't even go we, we haven't been able to go to a bar since november of last year yeah um with a brief window you know a couple of weeks ago but i was busy yeah. at the time <laughs> yeah so have you tried what what have you have you tried anything like um leaving leaving an open zoom channel throughout your work day and just letting people know that um, they can hop in, hop out or. So uh, we've been using, Oh, what is it called? Uh, I haven't been using it myself. We've been using this water cooler uh, type application that that's a plugin of actually, no, it's, it's his own thing. And basically you can hop in and out of rooms all the time. And um, I actually, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm going to look it up really quickly just to see if i can't figure out what it was that it was the name called. of it yeah just because actually um it's called tandem and tandem. Uh, yeah and basically the idea is that you can just step into rooms chat with people do whatever and then leave whenever you need to yeah that one's kind of super useful some people use it other people's don't it is what it is um yeah for the most part what i've been finding uh, the most refreshing is just making sure that you have some kind of end of day where, where, you know, you meet up at the time that most people just stop working and just be like, okay, listen, how, you know, let's not talk. How'd about, you do today? I like that. Let's not talk about work, but like, you know, yeah. let's, uh, uh, I, I found out that some people are, um, uh, one buddy of mine told me that he went on a date the other day where he mistakenly thought that he covered like 20 miles in like space of an hour i'm like no you you definitely went faster than it was very definitely long, long longer than an hour if you want if you want 20 miles <laughs> yeah. and uh you know just random random things about like how their how their day is going um it's actually super useful it's it it'll do wonders that's all i can say yeah yeah. yeah. All right. Well, oh, this has been so fun. I yeah. think we've taken care of the uh, content of the interview and stuff. And so okay. I think it's a good time to good time to wrap up, but we should have fewer than how long have you been at the new place? Uh, so we're going on two years in two months, three months. Yeah. Yeah, so got to do this again before two years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Hold on, when was the I last really time I actually this. met with you? It's <laughs> good. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, oh yeah, when was last? When was the last time? It had to have been right around the time you were you were leaving because I it's definitely I possible. absolutely 
uh, I absolutely wouldn't have let you go without saying, oh my God, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> I, I, in fact, you're I feel like I remember that about day. the fact that you're leaving quick. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> no, yeah. Thank God you're gone. But no, we weren't even on the same team at that point. Yeah, we, you know, it was, it was just, I heard that I heard where you were going and I was just so excited from the point of view that it just seemed like, wow, good for you. And I was just, I just, I was just happy for you to be making a decision and you wouldn't have done that if you didn't want to do it. Right. So it was just all things came together. And I, I, so it has to have been the last time. I mean, we text every once in a while, not quite enough, but yeah. once in a while. And we have our short chats in that space, but it really has probably been a good two years since we've caught up. And so it has, fully. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, I've really enjoyed this. And so thank you very much. It actually has been really fun. Oh. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Isn't it a good thing? Well, I love talking about myself and that, that's what yeah. this interview was about. It was all about me. Yeah. It's all about your favorite subject. I don't know. Mr. Hotshit himself. <laughs> I can talk for hours about me. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> Quickly. It has been. It has been. We started at about seven and it's yep. 9.06. So <laughs> that's really good. Okay. I'm going uh, to stop recording. Yep. And thank you very much. We'll see you soon. Okay. Bye. Now. So that was Mark. Really, what a pleasure, right? I hope that you come along to join for the studying, or if not, I just hope you come back for one more interview after this, and uh, we will see you very soon. Please remember to subscribe. Please remember to share with your friends, and uh, I hope to see you at the next one. Thank you.